It's pitch black. The only light is coming from the flashlight on your phone. It's so quiet that you can hear a ringing in your ears. You shine your flashlight onto a nearby headstone. The epitaph reads, Reader, beware as you pass by. As you are now, once was I. As I am now, so you will be. Therefore, prepare to follow me. The leaves crunch behind you, and the hair on the back of your neck stands up. I'm Marina. With me, I have my two best friends, Colby and Laura. And this is Grim. So we're pivoting. We're doing something a little bit different this week because I'm going on vacation next week. So we're going to miss a week. And we didn't want to miss a week. We wanted to make sure that we continue to put out content for our gremlins. Um, But our cases, um, as you all may know, are quite fact intensive um, and probably take, I would estimate, between 20 to 40 hours Mm -hmm. on even... Uh, the cases that you would think don't have that much detail mm-hmm. because we're all type A perfectionist <laughs> personalities and we must digest all information that exists on the internet <laughs> Yep. about a case. So um, none of us had time to jam that into our busy schedule. So we're doing spooky cemeteries Ooh. today. I'm so excited. <laughs> that so, was such a good intro, though. So thank you. Colby and I didn't know what it was going to be and it was yeah. it, it creeped me out. It's daylight and it's still creepy. So that was good. Also, um, I research cases at night between the hours of like 10 and 11.30 because that's when I get time to myself. I can read about murders and bodies and autopsies, no problem, and roll over and fall right to sleep. I was researching the spooky cemeteries and researching facts, and I'm like, oh, this one's in my room she's standing right next to me i can feel her presence i'm like something's gonna touch my leg you gotta put your legs under the covers because something's gonna grab you from underneath the bed and don't don't check the walls because you're gonna see a shadow yep yep yep. and it's gonna be horrifying um and yeah i actually at one point was near my phone and it dinged while i was looking at at the ipad and i jumped a mile because i was just so (laughs) focused on the content i do have one leg hanging down from my chair right now and i'm really trying to figure out how to pretzel it up up. (laughs) tuck it up something's gonna get it the thing that i just was taken back to here in like the early days of aol remember all those chain emails that they were like if you don't forward this to 10 people such and such will come through Mm -hmm. your computer and kill your family and how much scarier were those emails after the ring came out oh my god so terrifying yeah i'm like samara's coming for me if i don't forward this email (laughs) Yep. I've seen it. Yep. I'm pretty sure that still exists on Facebook, too. I'm pretty sure some people still yeah. send that stuff through Messenger. Probably. Probably. It would be my mom who passes it along. Yeah. If I, had to, I- you. If I had to identify any person who would pass it along, <laughs> it would be my mama. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, I will say, so this, the other reason this is kind of an interesting one is it's actually a joint episode. It is. So just again, to kind of split the research because we can't even handle it when it's supposed to be a small one. Um, Marina and I, and this is Laura, do you guys know our voices yet? I feel like you probably do. No, I think it probably, they sound different <laughs> enough. Know. They can distinguish, I think. Okay. Well, I think so. And now you know. They, they might not know whose it is, but they like, they're all individual unique voices, yeah. I think. Okay. Well, it's this voice that is doing <laughs> the, the other, the, uh, 
the other part of the case. So, um, and I will say, so it was Marina's suggestion to do cemeteries, and and I was kind of like, eh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I will say I wasn't as jazzed as I get jazzed about murder. So, mm-hmm. um, but I actually had so much fun researching this, and it was in, more interesting to research this because I actually had to go to a bunch of different places, and it led me down a bunch of rabbit holes. Whereas with a case, I usually kind of know what I need to mm-hmm. research. Right. Um, so I have some super interesting stuff. So it's an exciting one. I'm excited. Woohoo! Also, <clears throat> uh, the three cemeteries we chose are all in Connecticut. Um, if we do this again, it doesn't necessarily have to be limited to Connecticut. I would love to do like a Louisiana cemetery mm. <laughs> where like all this, the graves are above. Oh, I was like, why? Oh, why like New Orleans. Place? Yeah. I am like Louisiana in my head. I'm like, I went to a super <laughs> cool cemetery in Louisiana and sweat my tits off. It was like. Was it New Orleans? Yes. Okay. So it, cool. It's like, oh, it was where Nicolas Cage is buried. Uh, the eternal cage. I had to go see oh, it. Wow. Um, but I, everything in there is like cement and it had to be like 97 degrees out. So inside the cemetery, I was with a family from India that was sweating. So oh. that's how I knew that like I was screwed mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the people who were like not phased by Mm -hmm. 105 110 Mm -hmm. degree weather are like please get us water we're dying like i'm just like let me crawl into one of these drawers over here like i just finish it see you later i can't i would love to see those i remember doing like research i took a death and dying class in college it was very lighthearted and informative seems that way yeah (laughs) much like this podcast (laughs) yes yes and uh i did a project on um what was the name of it yeah, obviously it didn't stick with me that well. But it was, it was, it's, I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of like their funeral processions. Like they have like these huge celebrations oh. and parades and that has a specific mm-hmm. name that I can't recall. But mm-hmm. then I was also researching like how they don't bury because they're above the water table. Yes. So they're all mm-hmm. in like vaults and those big uh, mm-hmm. vaults actually. Those are called vaults too, the big Mausoleum? houses. Is Mausoleum, that the word? yeah, that's a word too. Um, and they actually only have like so many, so much space for the body. So they yes. like swap them out. Oh. They actually the other body like disintegrates oh, yeah. oh, and then and they, they just put, put it, another yes. right on in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I did not See, know I, that. I am shocked I retained information because <laughs> I melted. I'm also wondering though, I'm sorry, did you say Nicolas Cage is buried there? Because I thought he was still alive. No, no, no. Oh, I'm his, so glad you asked that. No, no, no. He's not, like, but it's where he will be buried. He has it's a pyramid. Oh. It's called the Eternal Cage, and it will be his final oh, resting place. Because like half the time that you were talking, I was like, Nicolas Cage isn't but isn't he alive still? Isn't Listen, he busy was, not paying taxes? Isn't he a national yeah. treasure? He's a national treasure. He is a national treasure. He himself is one. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't gonna be the one to ask, so I'm glad you did. Sorry, I, no, I was like, is, does she mean Nicholas Sparks? But I think he's alive too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm more confident that Nicholas Sparks is alive than Nicholas Cage. I was like, I, I missed that. Uh, I missed that article on my newsfeed. They're too busy telling me about the Kardashians' butt implants to give me any real news about like Nicholas Cage's death. <laughs> the Gremlins are already like, okay, this is definitely a different episode. We're off the rails. For the record, off the rails. He is living. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for verifying. <laughs> okay, good. Ooh. Okay. So if you've stuck with us this long, here you go. I'm going to give you some information about cemeteries. So the first one we're going to start with is called the Seventh Day Baptist Cemetery, and it is located on Upson Road in Burlington, Connecticut. Don't ask me about geography, ladies. <laughs> is there a grocery store there? I think so. It is west of here. That's about all I know. Thank you. I get it confused with Berlin. Yes. Mm. It's, it's not the same. They do start. They do start the same. A few more syllables. but Burlington would probably be like my dream town to yeah. move to in the state. Yeah. Hmm. 
Hmm. It's a lot like where I grew up. There's not like mm. a lot of like commercial stuff. There's a lot of it's, land. It's very woodsy and it's dark. Very woodsy and dark. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting uh, that my cemetery is also in a woodsy dark area. So. Yeah, those, interesting. Those 18th century cemeteries, mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. spooks. So cemetery dates back to the late 18th century and was used as a burial ground for members of the Seventh Day Baptist Church. So the Seventh Day Baptists began in 1650 in England. They came to America, more specifically Rhode Island, in 1665. And the first Seventh Day Baptist Church was established in Newport, Rhode Island in 1671. The Baptist Church split and expanded as members moved away from Newport. In 1780, 20 Seventh-day Baptist families made the move from Westerly, Rhode Island to Burlington, Connecticut, which was known as West Britain at the time. And on September 18th, 1780, the church was established, and the family set up the church right across the street from a small pond so that they had somewhere to conduct baptisms. Okay. thought that was interesting. Yeah. I didn't know you could baptize someone in a pond. I guess you just can bless it. I think any body of water. Interesting. Yes. I genuinely didn't know that. Hmm. I'm thinking of them like baptizing people in the river. Yeah. Oh. Baptized yep. in the river. That's what I was <laughs> Is that a good Charlotte song? <laughs> oh, throwing it back. Uh, see, I have Book of Mormon stuck in my oh. head where she's like, I'm going to baptize you. <laughs> Anyways. Wow, we made it uh, 10 minutes in and we're singing. <laughs> okay. So close. <laughs> Um, at the meeting of the Seventh-day Baptist Society on October 12, 1796, a deed was presented by Jared Covey, the benefactor of the church, to the other members detailing the plot of land known as Seventh-day Baptist Cemetery for the purpose of using it as a public burying ground. The land had already been used as a burial ground. A man named John Davis was buried there in 1780, but it wasn't officially declared Seventh-day Baptist Cemetery until 1796. The Baptist community in Burlington was plagued by accidental deaths for a decade, starting Mm. in 1810. One member fell off of a ladder and died while repairing his house. Another died when a recently dug well collapsed on him. Mm. Another was hanged while repairing a lamp in her home. And another was killed when a tree fell on him in the woods. You want to say that last one again? Hanged while doing what? Repairing a lamp in her home. Did the cord? What do we know? What happened? <laughs> I don't know if they had cords in eighteen to eighteen hundred. Oh, maybe like a kerosene lamp. Maybe it like. How I'm would you s- get hanged? That's where. Oh, I'm maybe that would be flame. Yep. Okay. Maybe the lamps. <clears throat> maybe the lamps were hanging from the ceiling, and she. <clears throat> they didn't detail how I, she was. I, I could okay. tell by how you looked at me that we didn't have more information there, but but I, I do just, appreciate that you wondered if the lamp cord strangled her in the eighteen hundreds. Hey, Colby thought that there was a Subaru in 1899. That so is not true. I just, they I belonged didn't. there. I just had to direct to the blame here. <laughs> I thought they were going to burn, and yeah. she told us they were hanged. So. Repair, yeah. Interesting. While, spooky. While repairing a lamp in her home. Who knows? It's a mystery. Hmm. It's a grave mystery. Insidious. <laughs> So these deaths all could have been accidents, especially back in the 1800s. But some people believe that the quote unquote accidents may have been the work of early Burlington residents trying to force the Sabbatarians from Burlington. That's a fun word, too. Mm, Sabbatarian. Hmm. The church membership dwindled as people moved away, passed away or switched religions and or churches. 
1820, all of the Seventh-day Baptists had left the area, and the last person interred in the cemetery was either in 1881 or 1887. I saw both numbers and could not confirm which one it was, Hmm. Um, but there were 75 monuments total in the cemetery. Today, there are no full standing headstones. Some Hmm. had fallen over, some had been vandalized, others were worn out by the elements. Until 2010, the only standing headstone was that of Elizabeth Palmiter, although it was not the original headstone. It had been replaced. Elizabeth Palmiter had died in 1800 at the age of 30. Uh, In July 2010, her 200-pound headstone was stolen. What? And why? I can only think two things. Like, A, screw whoever took it, because I can't think of, like, anything worse than when people vandalize cemeteries agreed yep and b who in this state has a 200 pound elizabeth palmiter headstone like in their man cave <laughs> like yeah. that is that is probably still somewhere in this state because why yeah. would you, you wouldn't take it and destroy it i'm like probably not sell marble i was gonna say they're valuable though i know they're expensive headstones yeah, but well, could you like shave you it down have, and say you already have a name it? on it? So like, it's kind of like if they polish it, but I'm just I I, I was just picturing this mm. giant headstone mm-hmm. like next to some kid's like PS3 gaming chair <laughs> and, and like that's just yeah. somewhere in this state. I was trying to figure out how they got it out of there. Same. Like there's not like a good way to grip it. <laughs> no. Well, 200 pounds if if four people got I I think that the headstones are almost like loose on top of that mm. base so if four people got on the corners oh. and got their fingers under it i was picturing it the kind that's like in the grass in the ground no no this was like a, a freestanding okay upright still. headstone still all right we're judging you whoever has it how dare you bring it back so this the cemetery has been mistakenly referred to as burlington center cemetery but it is known to the locals as green lady cemetery due to the green lady ghost that allegedly haunts the grounds i use allegedly a lot i'm just realizing that right now so <laughs> you are the resident lawyer alleged- so that's kind of what i would expect <laughs> i i realize how often i speak like a lawyer even in our text i'll be like it appears that I'm going to be late. Like that's, what, that's instead of like coming out and committing to yeah. something, I'm like, if you consider all the circumstances, it appears that I will be untimely this evening. I realized I did that too, but so allegedly, a green mist appears to visitors, and it becomes clearly defined as the shape of a woman in a green dress who then smiles before disappearing. So she's friendly, at least. She okay. is friendly, yes. Many people believe that Elizabeth Palmiter is the green lady. Mm, looking for her headstone. <laughs> that. Or. <laughs> okay. so, so the story goes, Elizabeth's husband, Benjamin, went into town one day and did not return. Elizabeth, who was worried about him, went out into a terrible storm to find him. And she drowned in a nearby swamp trying to find him. But Benjamin had just been waiting out the storm in town. When he returned, he searched and found the body of his wife in the swamp. And it said that Elizabeth was wearing a green dress when she was found. That's so sad. That's super sad. Some people question that story and think that Benjamin murdered her. Oh, (laughs) sad in a different way. (laughs) Um, And used the drowning alibi to cover up the murder. Uh, But there really isn't enough information to prove either version of the tale. Mm -hmm. But they they both are out there. Yeah, if you thought it was easy to murder people in 1970, just imagine 100 years before 
much easier. <laughs> 1800s, you could probably just be like, yeah, I murdered her. She talked back to me. They'd be like, that's fair. Good choice. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Good choice. Oh, gosh. In addition to the green lady, visitors have reported seeing a light, which is believed to be Benjamin's lantern that he used as he searched for his missing wife. Mm. Driving through Burlington, there are many streets that are fully surrounded by trees with no street lights. I mean, it mm-hmm. is yes. pitch black pitch pitch black much like how colby and i both grew up yep and that's part of the reason why i really like that town yeah as an aside whenever steve and i go so my family's from new hampshire whenever we go back up and he's like man it is so dark around here how do you drive i'm like well high beams and guessing (laughs) a little bit of guessing check (laughs) yeah exactly is it just me though like i every time i'm on a a dark dark road like that the reservoir over here on the back Mm -hmm. part has no lights and when it's not, it doesn't even have to be that late, just dark. I think, what if my car broke down right now? Mm. Yes. And I was just in this every pitch, But you know what I would think black. is I have my cell phone. Whereas when I was driving around in New Hampshire, not only was there no service, but it also was before cell phones were common. So that was worse. Horrifying. Yep. Yep. But, you know, super scary. So I, yeah. So the spook factor anyway. just getting to Green Lady exactly. in the dark yeah. is, will really. I do agree with that really sets the mood for you and across the street from the road that brings you to green lady it's it's sort of like upson road is at like a t with this other street and at the t is it's called camp shade it's in disrepair now but it was a a camp for younger kids that they would run over the summer it's complete it's in complete disrepair it's all overgrown and in the dark let me make see if I can describe this. We'll post a photo on the Instagram, but these buildings are these like white rundown buildings and that whole area is fenced in and then there are these bright lights that are, are lighting up the camp mm. so that probably to deter trespassers. So it almost looks like a prison the way it's like mm. lit up like that, but it's in complete disrepair and it is like the one bright spot amongst all of these dark like lampless streets yeah. and it is so spooky because mm. you just picture like michael myers like yeah. locking yeah. out the door or like something super creepy like it really again it sets the scene for mm-hmm. you entering this cemetery and god help you if it's a foggy night oh forget it yeah. mm-hmm. and so the and you have to sort of know where you're going to find this road it, like mm-hmm. upson road it's not well marked and when you when you pull in again it's completely pitch black there's no lights on that street and by the way, I think I forgot to introduce this, but I used to go ghost hunting there when I was in high school and probably early college years, maybe. Um, but it was the cool thing to do to go to Green Lady and, you know, got to find it super spooky. Not like we don't know the address and have Google Maps, but like it felt really <laughs> right. forbidden and hidden back mm-hmm. then and mysterious. And so I remember I turned into the street and my headlights immediately hit a cop car. And I, the cop was sitting there in the pitch black. He didn't have any lights on in his cruiser. He didn't have his headlights on. And I'm just like, okay, I get it. He's sitting there waiting for mm-hmm. trespassers and to, to deter trespassers. How spooked would you be sitting in the pitch black by yourself with no light around you? Just what, waiting for someone to knock on your window? I would never take that job so i was gonna say i couldn't take that job but also i was thinking how freaked out you must have been because when you're also like i'm not generally freaked out by like paranormal stuff and all that but as soon as i start 
talking like this like i'm gonna have a hard time going home tonight <laughs> like as soon as i start talking like this and i remember as a kid you'd like did you guys do that um where you had to like go in the bathroom and close the light uh, turn the lights off and like I, say bloody the, mary, bloody mary. Yeah. never i like, wouldn't i couldn't do it so i, I couldn't did, do it. It, it i did and i hated it and it, i don't even know but it's that when you're in that like i'm gonna be freaked out thing it's super creepy so i would have freaked out seeing that well also i'm a goody two shoes and i'm like i'm gonna get arrested because unfortunately <laughs> like i never went ghost hunting in like buildings or anything right. like that like as much as i think like the abandoned asylums are cool there to me there's a, a line that's crossed when you're breaking yeah, locks yeah. or breaking windows to get into a building versus just walking on open mm -hmm, property right. that you're not supposed to be on after dark you know yep um but yeah i can't imagine being that cop i also find that yeah the more and it's probably just me reading into things but i find like when i have times where i'm talking more mm -hmm. about paranormal stuff or watching paranormal movies i just feel like i'm more sensitive mm -hmm. to being spooked out and like thinking things are things and maybe they are but I mean, yeah, yeah i have something i'll mention during my part that is exactly like that because i'm i was researching all happily and not freaked out in the middle of the day and then I mean, it wasn't that bad, but something happened and I was like, oh, that's creepy. So I'll yeah. leave you in suspense. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Um, so I went with my friends in high school. We went a couple times. So obviously the time that we pulled in and the cop was there, we left, obviously. <laughs> um, but the one time that we did go, we stopped on Upson Road and we got out of the car. And now, like I said, we were already all spooked from the get-go because... A, you're going there to be spooked. Mm -hmm. B, it's completely pitch black leading up to there. Like, I mean, it, it's that's just disturbing on its own. It really is. Mm -hmm. And it's probably eerily silent, too, because it's not like it's a particularly busy area. Mm -hmm. So it's it dark. Is. It's very quiet. It, it was very quiet. Like I said, like, so quiet you can hear, like, the ringing in your ears. There's no traffic. There's no, no other sounds. So it wasn't windy. But the leaves in the woods around us kept sounding like they were rustling. Again, could have it could have been a squirrel. It could have been a chipmunk. It could have been yeah. a raccoon. It doesn't matter. You're like, someone's, someone's sitting in the woods yep. and they're watching us. Like, totally freaked. <laughs> and you feel very exposed, too, because right. it's yeah. pitch black. So you, you are the source of light with your flashlights or your cell phones. So anybody could be anywhere staring See, at you, that's too. That's the like, worst that's part. If you have in, in, in any state like having a flashlight even if you're not in a graveyard yeah it is freaky because you can't see except for where your flashlight is right so. but other people can yeah. see you yes. clearly because yes. you're holding a flashlight Ugh. so this was a time actually cell phones may have existed but we weren't taking dark pictures with right. our cell phones right. like they did not they were like <laughs> half a megapixel <laughs> on on just like the front of the yep. flip phone <laughs> um so we had digital cameras where oh, you know tbt super cool and they had the little screen on it so you could like preview the image yep. um so we were walking the cemetery would have been our our right on our right hand side we were headed towards it one of the friends that i was walking with stopped like looked so freaked out she flipped around took a picture and then took off running into our car and we were like what is happening yeah. so of course we all ran after her super freaked out we get in the car and we're like um what what and she's like someone was walking behind us like i heard their footsteps in the leaves and i was like I still have chills retelling this story because we were walking it's silent and she turned around because she heard someone walking in the leaves 
we pull up the camera we look at the photo and there is a white mist that looks like the silhouette of a woman (gasps) unfortunately i do not have this picture any longer because I probably lost the SD card. <laughs> I was going to say you burnt it. I was going to say it was posted on your MySpace and <laughs> things it, that you put there weren't really forever. They're gone. It was probably like on my Snapfish. I feel like oh it was God. before Flicker. MySpace was... <laughs> Flickr. <laughs> what was the... There was another one oh, too. Oh God, I don't know. Oh, there was another one. But yeah. So yeah, this silhouette of this woman and we were like, okay, like just panic. Just sheer panic. So we're like, okay, we came here like, this is cool. Like, let's get back out. Let's do this. So we get back out of the car and the digital camera that we were just looking at in the car that had fully functional batteries died (gasps) as soon as we get out of the car. We're like, nope, get back in the car. (laughs) Like the safety of my, I believe I had my yellow Tibber on. The yellow submarina. The yellow submarina. (laughs) Yep. We get back in the car. The camera works again. (gasps) We roll down the window and stick the camera outside the window and it died again. Oh, creepy. That's so strange. We noped the fuck right out of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. We were yeah. like, nope, that's enough. We're done. We're done. We did not see the green lady. Well, unless that, unless the silhouette of the person behind us, but mm. we did thoroughly freak ourselves out. I have goosebumps. You got goosebumps. I got a chill. Oh. oh, so that's Same. that's Green Lady, guys. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's currently owned um, as like town water property. And I think they said by New Britain, which is interesting. Hmm. I would think it's Burlington, but there we it's like reservoirs are owned by towns that they're not in all the time. So, yeah. So, yeah. But it is. So it is considered trespassing if you go there after dark. But it was really funny because I remember we went once to like scope it out and someone mm-hmm. was walking their dog and I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like they're walking their dog on this road. I can't wait to come back. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to investigate this place. Like, <laughs> no, it was it was really just me going there and peeing my pants and then leaving and then and then not sleeping all night because I was so freaked out. Yep. yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah. Because then that's the worst is like when you finish because inevitably it's with your friends you're out for a night whatever and then you have to go home yeah and like get get home and be by yourself the worst so the second cemetery i'm going to talk about is guntown cemetery which i think this one is far less well known than the green lady um but it still is on the top list of spooky cemeteries in connecticut I'm just going to, again, give a little history of the area. Uh, So Guntown Cemetery is located in Naugatuck, Connecticut, Mm. um, in an area that used to be known as Guntown. So Guntown was an 800-acre area where the Gun family was said to live and operate a sawmill in the 1740s. And Guntown Cemetery is in the middle of this 800-acre area. Uh, The first member of the Gunn family to arrive in Connecticut was Jasper Gunn. In 1635, he traveled from London to Boston, then to Roxbury, Connecticut with with his wife. Uh, He wanted to start his own colony. So along with several other families from Roxbury and Dorchester, Jasper purchased even more land from the local Indians. On November 24th, 1640, the area was named the town of Milford, of which Jasper was considered one of the founders. Also, Jasper, great name. It is a great we name. We need to bring that back. That's all. Bring what back? Oh, the, the name. name. The oh, name Jasper. It is a great name. Sorry. That's just it's a good name. I also think like Twilight. Oh, the yeah. vampire in Twilight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jasper Gunn was considered Milford's first doctor. He was also a deacon at the church, a lawyer in a few cases, and the sealer of weights and measures. Is so, he man? So I'm like, okay, that must be a thing um, from like the 1600s. So I Googled it and, and no. 
there are still sealers of weights and measures. A sealer is responsible for enforcing the accuracy requirements and other standards relating to weighing and measuring devices used in the sale of food, fuels, and other products. I mean, I'm glad they have someone doing that. So they're not ripped off, but... Okay. Okay. So what was the word we learned in the Hartford Circus Fire? The roustabout? Roustabout. Roustabout. Okay. We're we're educating here. Don't we say, listen and learn. Yes. Okay. So So there you um, go. Your education today vocabulary. sealer of weights and measures, which that's more of a a phrase or a title than a word. Mm -hmm. But But still, still, we've learned something today. I learned that too. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, bless them. Jasper and his wife had seven children. Whew. I have two and feel thoroughly outnumbered every minute of every day. So I'd seven, forget it. I would be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. After living in Milford for a while, uh, he and his family moved around Connecticut a few times. In 1647, they moved to Hartford. He was made the main operator at Hartford's mill from 1649 to 1658 due to his life experience. Uh, Jasper Gunn died in 1670. Although, ironically, he is not buried in the Guntown Cemetery. Oh. I believe he's buried in the Milford Cemetery. Hmm. But the Guntown Cemetery was established in 1790, and there are members of the Gunn family buried in that cemetery. When did Jasper die? 1670. That's why he wasn't in that Pre-dated, cemetery. And they did not exhume him and move him. <laughs> okay, but it, was, but it was established in 1790. Remember, we learned mm. about the other cemetery right. that people had already been being buried there. It's just mm-hmm. like a stat. I think like, when you put the fancy sign up on it. I got you. you know, cemetery stone. here. That's when it becomes official. It does make sense, though, that, you know. That felt very... Um, uh, legally blonde like questioning style and your boyfriend's name was <laughs> <laughs> you caught me <laughs> nailed it you bitch <laughs> okay. okay so connecticut demonologist ed and lorraine warren declared the cemetery to be quote officially haunted so I just wanted to give a little bit of information about Ed and Lorraine Warren. So anybody that is into like uh, scary movies and paranormal uh, investigations and, you know, sp- spook, spook stuff. Um, Ed, and- <laughs> Ed and Lorraine Warren are famous in the paranormal world. Uh, Ed Warren was a self-proclaimed and self-taught demonologist. And Lorraine Warren was clairvoyant and a medium. They lived in Monroe, Connecticut. And in 1952, they founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. The couple estimates that they had investigated over 10,000 cases in their career. They were involved with the Amityville haunting, and their investigations have inspired movies like Amityville Horror, The Conjuring Movies, and Annabelle. And now, if Ed and Lorraine say it's haunted, it's haunted. It's haunted. Mm-hmm. Um I have a quote from Lorraine Warren that I really like. It says, diabolical forces are formidable. These forces are eternal and they exist today. The fairy tale is true. The devil exists. God exists. And for us as people, our very destiny hinges upon which one we elect to follow. I did get chills from that, actually. I thought that was really, that was really deep. Um, So... The most common paranormal experience that uh, occurs in Guntown Cemetery is people hear the sound of children's laughter. They hear music in the surrounding woods that surrounds them until it sort of sounds like it's coming from inside the cemetery. So it sort of envelops them while they're standing there. Uh, People have also reported a black dog that they say is a sign of foreboding death. 
I also happened to go ghost hunting at this cemetery. Oh, did you now? I did. The cemetery is surrounded by a rock wall. And we parked our car in front of the cemetery, which felt very exposed, but there was really nowhere else to park it. Um, So we're walking around the cemetery and there's a car, like a, it looked like a Jeep going very fast down the road and slams on their brakes, like squealing tires right next to my car and starts laying on their horn. Okay. So once again, we're heading into the cemetery. We're already super spooked out. That happened. We all dropped behind headstones and I'm like, this is how we die. Like mm-hmm. someone's mad that we're trespassing. It's some like crazy local who, you know, loves their guns. And it's, it's the living people you have to watch out for. Yeah, really. Most of the time. I mean, yeah. really. So I, I was so spooked and they they finally drove off and we all stood up. I'm like, do do we leave now? That that feels like a sign to leave. Uh, but we stayed. <laughs> I um, think it was just people messing with you, though. Definitely. They probably just wanted to definitely. scare you. I don't think they were mad. I think they were like, look at these clowns. Let's give them a scare. <laughs> Very effective tactics. Very effective in in scaring, yes, high school me. Very effective. Um, So we were sort of just like roaming around the cemetery. Um, I was, I think it was like always a different group of friends every time I went to. People were like, you go ghost hunting? Like, I didn't have any equipment. It was just me being like, I like to trespass in dark cemeteries at night. I have my digital camera. (laughs) I've got got my equipment right here. Uh, Got my little Nikon camera. And they had the wristlet thing. Oh yeah, you got the strap. Gotta make sure you don't, gotta make sure you don't lose it so one of the people that we were with sort of like randomly wandered to the back of the cemetery and we felt like we lost him and we're like where did he go um i'm just gonna mention he was like a crazy stoner like a Mm -hmm. like a crazy like you're talking to him wondering if he's comprehending things stoner (laughs) so i I just i took it with a grain of salt his report but he said (laughs) that he was following a ball of light to the back of the cemetery i don't think that checks out i was gonna say i don't think weed really shows you lights no i mean no i mean unless it's laced with something but I, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's, we were spooked out. I was like, oh my God, that happened for real then. Like, that's real life. That's <laughs> that happened. Definitely. Um, I like to use a more critical lens now looking back at some of these stories, but the, the scare remains for me. Oh, I mean, sure. it really does. The spook factor remains. Mm-hmm. So then we're just walking around and we're just like taking pictures, flashing in the dark, you know, trying to get pictures of orbs or spooky things. So again, you know, you get that little preview, like after you take it and it beeps and it shows you the preview. So I'm taking and, you know, it's pitch black behind all the photos and then the gravestones show up white. So I took a picture. I took a bunch of pictures. I take another picture and the preview comes up red, like almost the whole preview comes up red. I almost tripped over a gravestone. I dropped my camera. I almost was like, I'm just going to leave it behind. Like, let's go on without it. It's fine. I'll buy another one. Um, Ultimately went back for it. This is another photo I no longer have, but I was eternally spooked out. It is like the shape of um, someone's hair, like their hair coming down. And like in a very small portion of it, it looks like there is a very creepy face, like a little like menacing grimacing face Mm. on this photo just for the preview to pop up with it being Mm -hmm. red and now again i understand like sometimes the way the light refracts refracts Mm -hmm. you know that can and that's why people say there's orbs like your Mm -hmm. flash caught a piece of dust but this one the whole picture came up like a red mist was your uh finger over the flash it was not no all right that was my first thought it was not no not that i'm aware of anyways Mm. that may be a logical explanation (laughs) 
but I do not receive that. <laughs> I captured a picture of a red demonic woman staring that. at me in the cemetery. And um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I didn't go ghost hunting per se, but there were times where a friend and I would go and sit in a cemetery with a Ouija board and like <gasps> try to do stuff. No, and nothing ever happened. Marina Literally, can't touch Ouija it, boards. It never, that's true. Marina was banned from Ouija boards in what, elementary school? <laughs> I was, school? I was, but... <laughs> I went looking for trouble and it did not come to me. Okay, first of all, when I was Googling Ed and Lorraine Warren and looking up information, I believe they said that 90% of their cases begin with a Ouija board. <laughs> so there's that. I think that was the statistic. You can Google it, but it was it was mostly related to Ouija boards. Yep. Um, also, the, I guess, bravery is the word that I would need to describe that because I would be afraid with a Ouija board in my living room. Same. If you added that to a cemetery, you're a bad bitch, Colby. Uh, you're a bad my bitch. My friend mm-hmm. at the time, Sam, and I, we, I have a thing for Sam's apparently. Different Sam than the one you're giving me a face about. Uh, <laughs> hey, Sam's, if you're listening. Uh, but this one and I, we grew up in a town that is very well known in the state of Massachusetts for being like a very haunted town. And I think maybe we have the oldest graveyards there or the most old graveyards or something. And there was one like we could ride our bikes to. It was almost like an episode of Stranger Things, kind of. Mm, like, yep. This wasn't the 80s. This was the Were early you in the 2000s. upside down? Um, no, we tried to get to the upside down and it rejected us. <laughs> we, so I, I went, I tried. I wanted to do ghost hunting and just nothing came in contact with us. But I do have other stories of stuff that happened Ooh. in my town, but I'll save those. Oh gosh. So mm. I want, I genuinely wonder this. I feel like I had so many experiences and I wonder if it's just because I'm such a spooked out paranoid person (laughs) that every time something happens, like Mm -hmm. I swear I went to another very spooky cemetery that's on like the Southington Meriden line. It's up on a hill again, no lights. So as you pull your car up, like you're going up the hill and then when you get to the top, your headlights come down Mm. and just light up all these very old headstones. I keep giving myself chills, guys. Like I am, <laughs> I am traumatized from these experiences. You seem to be, yeah. And we would get out and we would walk around, and I was like walking with my friend next to me, and I was talking to them. Like I could see them on the side of me, and then they were like not on the side. They were like ahead of me, and I turned my head and was like, "You were standing right next to me," and they're like, "I walked away from you like five minutes ago." <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I was just talking to some person next to me this whole time. So, but again, that could just be my brain playing tricks Mm -hmm. on me. Like, or you could be more open to it than maybe I'm too Mm. skeptical to receive it. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am an open book. (laughs) But don't, don't talk to me if you're a ghost. You will (laughs) really spook me out. Talk to me because I'm sitting here like giddy as the two of you are like, oh, chills. I'm like, give me the ghost. (laughs) Colby's like, you guys went home and I had a seance right before bed and then closed my eyes and slept like a baby. And Laura and I were like, we were up all night and we saw the I we am, saw the spooky clown shadow on the ceiling and couldn't sleep I am all night. Very confident that the guy that we bought this house from, I'm very confident that his ghost came here and visited us okay. when he died. No, nope, because I mm. I was laying in bed and mm. like I felt somebody like it was like I stopped breathing for a couple of minutes and I felt somebody like grab my arm and I shot up. Then we learned the next day that the man who we bought the house from had actually passed away that night. And I like turned to my husband and I was like, holy shit, I knew that he died yesterday. Oh my gosh. I'm out. But we, <laughs> we're, 
<laughs> we are pretty sure no. we had a hand in killing him um, because when we bought <laughs> this took a dark turn. <laughs> no, no, no. When, when we, we really bought, wanted the house. <laughs> when we bought the house, all of the wood trim was natural wood, and he had like meticulously taken care of it over the years, and he was showing us like the materials he used for it and how to upkeep it. <laughs> And we went and we painted all of it white. And then he died. <laughs> Fallon <laughs> knows. She knows. He, Fallon's like, he's here. Is he with us in this room right stop, now? Stop, stop. Make your getting, presence known. Nope, this is getting too serious. Nope. I swear after my dad died, I saw him standing in the hall, in the doorway of my condo multiple times. And I said, I, liter- I literally said out loud, like, I see you. Thank you for checking on me, but you're super spooking me out. Please stop. And it did not happen after that. Um, the wow. night that my mom died, she died at home. And I remember you could, my bedroom at home is at the end of a hallway and it's carpeted. And she, I could always hear her coming down the hallway. And the Kinda night like she died right now. Yeah. <laughs> and the night she died, I heard her footsteps to my door and she was not, she was bedridden. So she was not walking down the hallway. Oh my gosh. And I heard that the night she died and my aunt came up right after that. So those that's why i think i'm so i don't that, know yeah it's the first so time real. the first time it's you told so me real. that though like i i felt so good for you that she mm. like came up one last time to say mm. goodbye oh, oh, we're kidding. Thing. Here, oh boy here. this is so deep it's so sad so i have just one cemetery but several stories related to it so i uh it's also in connecticut and i swear we really do think do do things outside of connecticut but um but we started with connecticut so when you're you connected to me <laughs> <laughs> duty when you're connected to me everything is always connecticut i'm like i'm guys my next case it's <laughs> national i swear i'm doing it national okay hartford service fire, Hartford's <laughs> fire. <laughs> nailed um, it okay so so anyway this is in uh, fairfield fairfield county connecticut um that is a very affluent part of the state um since it's closest to new york city so this is Easton, connecticut um this town has a median income in as of 2016 of 132,000. Easton is a small town it's only got about 7600 people um and it's pretty spread out so we were talking about the creepy wooded areas that's what this is um i I was I felt like I was back in school doing research because I was looking up stats about do you remember looking up stats about countries like I don't know I just had you had to report like number of people you know what per capita things all that it's what it felt like I just I remember one time I took a history quiz and they asked what the largest export of Montana was and I said it was cold cuts (laughs) why I don't know. I think I thought that's what it exported. My mom still brings that up sometimes. She'll be like, remember that time you wrote on a test that my, whatever state it was, Montana exports cold cuts. It's their best, their, their, their best export. Okay. Uh, well. So that's the kind of research I did. <laughs> okay. So there are only 277 people per square mile, which uh, you would never know what the average is. So for comparison, Southington, which is, as we know, a suburb of Hartford, is 1,200 people per square mile. And New York City is 29,000. So obviously a different Mm -hmm. type, but just to give some relatives. So 277 is, you've got got a lot of room. Yeah. Um, And the most interesting thing that, besides the cemetery that I could find about Easton, is actually Helen Keller lived in that town for the last few years of her life, which I did not know. Um, Hmm. And her home is only four miles away from the cemetery, which is not super surprising because it's it's not that big a town. But um, the house was specially designed and constructed for her by a well, quote unquote, well-known regional architect, Cameron Clark. 
not well known to me. I'd never heard that name. <laughs> oh, Cameron um, Clark. Yeah, love, he was born love his work. <laughs> well, you might know that his best known work is the redesign of the Fairfield Town Hall in 1939. Oh. So, um, yeah, he was... I had completely forgotten. <laughs> That Cameron. Yes. Oh, that Cameron Clark. I wasn't sure if it was a woman or a man when you first said it. So that's how familiar with his work I am. Yeah. Yeah. We only lived to 1957. So kind of explains why. I Um, thought you were going to say he only lived to 19. I was like, he was very accomplished (laughs) for an architect then. So Cameron and I did not cross paths. No. In the Fairfield Town Hall. (laughs) No. Um, So Helen Keller's house is still intact today um, and has been owned by several families since her death in 1968. And the local middle school is named for her. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I didn't know she had anything to do with Connecticut. I so. did not either. Thank you for that grim fact. Yeah. You're welcome. That's a real one. Uh, as I said, Easton is pretty rural. And Union Cemetery, which is the center of my story, uh, is located on also a corner slash like kind of triangle um, in a pretty desolate area across from a big wooded area. So we're sensing a theme. Mm-hmm. No, no, head, no street lights, right? No street lights. No uh the cemetery itself is pretty small it covers just under two acres which is not we've done a lot of comparisons of acreage (laughs) on this podcast but uh, i think everyone knows two acres is pretty small so unfortunate because i'm distance challenged i'm geographically challenged um have a hard time yeah with math i mean things are hard you can see very easily you could walk very easily you can see very yeah. easily from two one acres yeah because yeah. i figure like yeah. my backyard's like half an acre exactly. so i'm just i'll times that by four math. <laughs> job, hashtag yes. math uh so aside from the roads on the two sides it borders a church and some wetlands there are gravestones as old as the 1700s they think it might even be older into the 1600s just that the headstones were wooden markers so they've since deteriorated makes sense Due to the high traffic volume at the cemetery, especially at night, the Easton Police Department has deemed the cemetery off limits to the public after dusk. So similar to what you were talking about. When I began researching for this episode, I thought I was going to be focused entirely on paranormal paranormal stuff. But we're actually going to start with a murder uh, tied to the cemetery. So Monday... August 30th, 1920, taking it back, police arrived at that swamp slash wetlands that I talked about next to the Union Cemetery. Now, at this time, there were few telephones and, as we said, no streetlights, and it's pretty spread out. So they actually had to go all the way to a general store to call in for floodlights because they couldn't see anything. They had to go all the way to Bridgeport's fire and police headquarters to bring in more officers, ladders, and ropes because it was so marshy and hard to walk. And by 11 p.m., a chain of men with their arms linked to brace themselves against the sinking mud found and retrieved a large green trunk. Crammed inside was the body of George E. Knott, the missing husband, in a lover's triangle that turned deadly. Wrapped in a bloody comforter and curtains, several large stones had been placed inside the makeshift coffin to weigh it down. So let me introduce you to George. He was a self-described professional gambler who worked, quote unquote, at the Carlton Social Club in Bridgeport. He lived with his wife and their two children, George Jr., of course, and Ruth. Married since 1915, it was an unhappy relationship with his wife, Ethel. She described him as a liar, a cheat, and an opium user. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And... He had a domineering appearance and a reputation as a tough guy. So, Not so tough now, George. No, 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 no. (laughs) Ethel, on the other hand, was an attractive and personable young woman. 
She had hoped to salvage her marriage after years of abuse, but seemed to have given up on George by 1919 when she began sneaking around with Elwood B. Wade. That's his name. Elwood we got to bring Elwood back. Yeah. Right? Elwood and Jasper. It's a great name. Mm -hmm. I, like El I, th I think I like Elwood a little bit better than Jasper. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. No, I'd go the other way. That would be the it's second legally blonde reference, though. Yes. El Woods. Exactly. No. That's what oh I was thinking gosh. about. Didn't even think about that. Anyway, this oh is Elwood. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> so Elwood B. Wade is his name. So Ethel's new lover was a 23-year-old milkman who, so this is like bring on the milkman's oh, child. Yeah jokes uh who happened to have a wife and two young children of his own elwood and ethel were commonly seen together and really careless about their trysts they didn't care who saw them gossip in their bridgeport neighborhood led to george confronting his rival and threatening his life elwood who was a short and slight man was greatly intimidated and he ran to the police to report george's threatening statements he was so panicked that he applied for a firearm permit, but oh, he was denied because they recommended he just stay away from married women. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like sage advice. <laughs> They're like, we got it. We know exactly what you need to do. Leave women who are already unavailable alone. Exactly. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, on the morning of Sunday, August 29th, 1920, so the day before I first told you about, in partnership with a fellow dairyman uh, named John E. Johnston, which can we just... <laughs> appreciate john, john johnson yep <laughs> yep elwood and john snuck quietly into the knot house armed with a gun and a lead pipe this is like clue yeah. um, <laughs> who had the candlestick <laughs> ethel probably because so <laughs> <laughs> ethel unlocked the door for them let him in and the two milkmen then tried to sneak into george's bedroom to catch him unaware but george awoke and went after elwood John offered little help and just fled in fear, leaving Elwood alone to face the angry husband in a brawl that carried both men tumbling down the staircase. Elwood managed to shoot George three times and hit him repeatedly with a lead pipe. Ethel handed her lover a 14-inch kitchen knife, saying, finish him off. Stabbed him 14, uh, 19 times, actually. George was still moaning, and then finally a deadly blow to his head cracked his skull and ended his life. I don't mean to laugh, but I'm just thinking about Mortal Kombat when it's like, finish him. <laughs> <laughs> finish him off. I'm yes. so sorry. It's okay. It's like, that's really funny. That was a very violent <laughs> yeah. Yeah. episode. I, well, I told, I told Marina when I was uh, researching this that I wasn't originally going to include this whole case, but I read through this article and had to share this that's story wild. because it is a crazy story. Uh, John, who had fled, returned to help hide the body in that trunk that we talked about, and they drove their milk truck to the swamp near the Union Cemetery. So it's about 13 miles north uh, John's from like, Bridgeport. John's like, what I miss? What I miss? What? <laughs> and it's like, like, oh, a body. Okay. <laughs> it's like, sure. bro. Yeah. You missed the brawl of the century. Yep. Literally. Literally. Yep. Guys, do the milk trucks bring all the police to the swamp? <laughs> oh. And they're like, <laughs> it's better than yours. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> so they put their murder weapons in the trunk. Uh, and added some stones for good measure yep. to weigh it down and then dropped it in the water. So how did the police find the trunk? Well, that's... Be so actually, this is the creepy part, so I'm kind of laughing through this whole thing, but they thought there's no reason for this. It floated to the top. Oh. I mean, it's. I get that there's stones in it, but it makes sense that it would float to the top because as he decays, he's going to fill with gases. Yeah. It's going to be trapped in the trunk, so it mm -hmm. becomes basically like mm -hmm. a lead balloon. Mm -hmm. Science. Uh, <laughs> Neighbors, hashtag, hashtag <laughs> neighbors were immediately suspicious of the the why did i write loud music <laughs> nope <laughs> got the giggles 
no more wine. The gig. I appreciate the, when Laura and I oh. laugh. Just breathy. So it's just awkward You can't silence. even include it in the podcast. It's, it's awkward so silence. And Colby will just be like, well then. Like, oh completely stone cold. Okay. <clears throat> Coming back. Neighbors okay. were... <clears throat> the sorry. loud music? <laughs> was, oh, were sorry. they distracted by the loud music? I literally wrote that. Okay. Neighbors were immediately suspicious of the loud noises coming from the house that early Sunday morning and grew more so when George was nowhere to be seen that the rest of that day. So concerned phone calls alerted the police who, after a quick search of the house, found a bullet hole uh, lodged in the wall and blood on the bed. And less than a day later and after intense interrogation, Elwood, John and Ethel all confessed. So they, cried, they, they, it. they immediately nope. cracked under pressure. <laughs> I yep. was like, that's a decorative bullet hole. <laughs> Yep. Um, so John, who was initially charged with murder, he cooperated with the prosecution and pled guilty to manslaughter. So he just got a year in prison. That's it. I mean, to be fair, he ran. Um, Elwood and Ethel were indicted for first degree murder, for which the penalty at the time, uh, the only penalty was death by hanging. So they were trying to avoid that. Uh, the trial itself was very dramatic. Elwood was loving the attention and would just like smoke a cigar and then even kiss Ethel in the middle of the courthouse. Meanwhile, his wife is hanging out there. Like, yeah, yeah they're all, well, George is not hanging out there. Um, I'm still picturing Reese Witherspoon smoking a cigar. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that works. Um, and then Elwood's wife and and Ethel were often seen sobbing and frequently fainting because that's what she did then. And both women had to be carried either in or out of the court and taken to the hospital at various times. So it was just it was very dramatic. It sounds very dramatic. Mm-hmm. It sounds like my toddler when I won't give her a snack before dinner. <laughs> yes. Oh, my stars. <laughs> uh, eventually, and absolutely to no surprise, Elwood was found guilty and sen- sentenced to death on May 20th. Ethel, however, was charged with just second-degree murder and life in prison, but she was released only 16 years later and lived with her son until her death in 1978. Hmm. So I tell you all that because I originally just looked up that there was this body found in the wetlands near the cemetery, but that was too crazy a little aside to not tell you. It was like a mini grim inside of yeah, our grim. Exactly. We still got a murder in. Exactly. <laughs> and it was grave. It was grave. It was his grave. And it was near graves. <laughs> Speaking of graves... <laughs> Uh, so there are two kind of entities to talk about in relation to Union Cemetery. So the first one is pretty short, um, but then the second one I have a lot more information about. So the first one, visitors, if you were like Marina and going to the cemetery, which people do, and as an aside, if you're looking this up, they will fine and possibly arrest you if you are there after dark. So don't do that. Be respectful, but go check it out during the day. Uh, so visitors, if they happen to be there at night, will report an eerie sensation that they're being watched. They will often even feel a hot breath on their neck. And when they turn around, they can see a set of red eyes watching them from the distance. No, so they, I don't like it. No, yeah. thank you. So they call this, of course, red eyes. <laughs> Very original. <laughs> Very excellent name. Astute. Sort of sort of like green lady. They see <laughs> yeah. a yes, green lady. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about the white lady in a minute here. I know her. Yep. <laughs> I know him. Santa. <laughs> I know him. Uh, so we're not making this really creepy by no. making it really funny. <laughs> no. Okay. So the red eyes. <laughs> red eyes is believed to be the ghost of Earl Kellogg. He was a resident of Easton in the 30s, in the 1930s, um, held a reputation for not being a great guy. He had a violent temper, especially when he was drunk. 
He had lots of enemies and apparently pissed one off so bad that he was murdered. His body was found floating in a nearby ravine. He had been killed and his body was set on fire. Pretty aggressive murder. So are his eyes red because he's so mad? That's what I gathered. This Or because he's, he's on, on fire. fire. Oh, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that. Um, so I don't know. There's not much about this. Basically, all the stories are the same. They see the red eyes. They feel someone following them. One of the comments, however, on the articles I read said they saw red eyes. And then they said it was a pair of reflectors on a wooden stake. And that they talked to the police who were that patrol there. And they said, yeah, people just move around the wooden stake. So, oh. Yeah, those would look super creepy yeah. if you yeah. caught the flashlight and you weren't paying attention. Exactly. Were... Now, reports of people reporting red eyes will say that they move and they chase you, but like as we said, when you're already kind of creeped out, that's what you see. So I don't know. Hmm. Um, now the other story or person entity that I'm going to tell you about, I find really interesting because of the testimonials and the theories. So. Um, and okay, so I mentioned earlier, I kind of got a little freaked out when I was looking this up. It's not that freaky, but being that I assumed there would be absolutely nothing just sitting in my living room on my computer, um, when I was looking up Street View on Google Street View to look at this, I swear there is a white lady in the picture that I'm looking at. So I'll post it. I literally took a screenshot on my computer because <laughs> I was like, I'm sure it's just a gravestone in the distance, but it really really looks like it and i was like well, what are the odds I of that i see it yeah okay hold on okay so you saw it right yep okay yeah, it definitely looks like it looks like a hooded person standing yeah. in, in like way in the background yeah and i thought to myself it looks so much like that that maybe someone got silly on google maps and knows these stories and put it there that's how I how realistic I thought it was. So you'll see it. You'll see the screenshot yeah. on Instagram. But what I think it is actually is a very, very far away statue of the mm-hmm. Virgin Mary with that cloak over her head. Oh. The Mother Mary with the cloak. I don't know that there is one in that cemetery. Well, then spook spook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Super spook. So let me tell you a little bit about what people say about this white lady who yes. is in allegedly there you go in the cemetery so one of the most popular tales about the white lady is that late one evening a man was driving down stepney road which is one of the roads that borders the cemetery in his pickup truck uh, just past the cemetery out of nowhere a woman appeared in the middle of the road wearing a white dress the man couldn't slow down in time and struck the woman when the man pulled over to investigate the woman was nowhere to be seen another story by rod vesky of Easton said he was driving past the cemetery one night at about 1 a.m. when he saw her. I saw a woman standing further up the road, so I tapped the brakes. As I tapped the brakes, I felt something touch me. I looked over and there was a gentleman sitting in my seat. She raised her hand up and what I remember is that most of her hand got very large. As soon as that happened, I looked over and the image I had seen next to me disappeared. He said that that's when things got really frightening. As I got over the hill, the road seemed to turn red until I got to the bottom where there's another church and the road and everything disappeared. I'd be like, I need to go to the hospital because I just <laughs> I just had an ischemic event. <laughs> yes. And it seems to be her thing, kind of surprising people huh. in the road. So in the 90s, this is another famous story. A firefighter responding to a call in a nearby in the nearby town of Monroe said a woman in a long white gown jumped in front of him and he hit her. According to the Monroe Sun, the newspaper, the woman rolled over the top of his car and landed in, landed in the road behind him. When the firefighter leaped from the vehicle to render first aid, his hood was dented 
and there was no one there that's super Mm -hmm. creepy so there's a ton of stories like that i was reading a bunch of articles where people can comment on the article and people told their similar to marina went out ghost hunting Mm -hmm. and told very similar stories always always in the road so she's very playful then yeah she doesn't actually seem malicious based on what she's doing she's just like i'm bored i can't cross over so i'm gonna mess with some men (laughs) and there is some connection with this road so i'll talk about that in a second so there might be some significance to her being on that road wait but here's a question do you think maybe the cops were like where did you hide the body if they were like i hit someone and my (laughs) car is dented and there's nothing there they'd be like do i know to investigate further <laughs> yeah it is an interesting question i wonder if people are like yeah it just happened near that cemetery I, i'll let it they're go like, oh, uh, they're the white like it's lady. her you're good yeah. you're good she does that sometimes carry on <laughs> yeah so uh, like i said a ton of stories like that and the people that have seen her say she's dressed in a bright white nightgown with long black hair and her head and face concealed with a white bonnet so that's why that picture no on google maps kind of oh, looks like it that does look like a bonnet mm-hmm. oh, okay i can't do the white with the long black hair mm-hmm. i i'm like the most afraid of samara from the ring she haunts my dreams yeah fair enough fair enough um so don't go to route 59 or stephanie road which is the road that she goes on unrelated question if you know where is that you know because i might go <laughs> <laughs> i actually i actually want to drive by I in the daytime go. to be clear Grim, i want to go at night Grim, i know you do Grim field trip yeah we have a few places go to go yeah yeah um so it's it's maybe like 45 minutes from here okay something like not that. too bad no um and it is a really nice area of the state so we could check that out uh so no one knows exactly who she is no one you can't point exactly to the person that people think she is but there are some theories the first is Ellen Smathers, a woman who was murdered in the cemetery in the 1800s. And this is also an interesting story. Smathers had been stalked by a man named Richard Dean Jason, who was obsessed with her. The and triple name. I the know. gentleman. And Jason. Was it the gentleman in that guy's car? Oh, ooh, I didn't think about that. I wonder. Hmm. Uh, well, so he ended up murdering Ellen's husband and dumping his body in there was a sinkhole behind the church that's right uh, next to the cemetery. And Jason went so far uh, as to weigh down the body with iron chunks. And he committed the murder. <laughs> I'm sorry, iron chunks? Yeah. Where do you get those? Uh, the iron, the iron yard. And, and how do you tie someone down with chunks? Chunks. I think he put, he actually put them in his pockets. That part I know. That was pretty smart. Mm-hmm. It's not smart because the pants are going to disintegrate and he's just going to float right up. It yeah, was but not that's not then. his problem by then. <laughs> that's true. I guess. <clears throat> so he, uh, Richard Dean Jason, committed the murder hoping Ellen would see his devotion and return his love. And when she didn't, he murdered her and dumped her body next to the husband. And he eventually confessed to the murder, blaming his actions on passion for Ellen. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Get it? Because his name's Richard. <laughs> oh. Wait. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, okay. good. good. So good. Uh, th- this theory says that Ellen, as the white lady, now wanders the cemetery looking for her husband, which is sad. The next one is Harriet B. Seeley. Though there are quite a few Harriets at the Union Cemetery, none actually match this name precisely. So assuming there's been some kind of a misreading or a conflation of different women, there are two possible candidates. Harriet Seeley Bryan, who died in 1836, or Harriet R. Seeley, who died in 1853. And unfortunately, both match the criteria. So Harriet 
Celie Bryan, daughter of Patience and Elijah. And Patience is another one I like. Another good name. Bring it back. Yep. Were, uh, she was born on October 19th, 1815, and she married Titus A. Bryan on February 10th, 1836, and nine days later she died. Wow. Records indicate that she died at her home in Washington, which is, I think, the town over. Not clear why, but there was a lot of illness at this time, and she was only 21. Mm-hmm. So pretty sad. And then Harriet R. Seeley married to Ezra Sherwood Seeley in 1850. She gave birth to a son on May 20th, 1853, and the infant did not live long, and Harriet died on May 28th, so eight, day, eight days later. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Though, what was the life expectancy of people back in 1830 like? I feel like 36 was a good... You had a good run. Yeah, she was only 24, so <laughs> she had a, at least a few more years. She had so, so many years ahead of her. What I thought was interesting looking at this is the term white lady or lady in white often refers to tales where all um, they all relate to the story of a woman who died a tragic death and left behind a sorrow tied to the particular location. Uh, so I'm quoting this from the Easton Courier, which is the newspaper. She represents all those lost too young, and she manifests all our beliefs and anxieties about death and eternity. The core of her legend is a sorrowful, sorrowful tale, but she is not a terrifying spirit. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Wow. I think, I'm sorry. I think all spirits are terrifying. <laughs> no, she's uh, playful. Yeah. Yeah. But if I'm driving and somebody jumps out in front of my car, like, ha ha, not funny. That's terrifying. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Ed and Lorraine Warren wrote a book about the white, white lady in 1992 called The Graveyard True Hauntings from an Old New England Cemetery. So the Warrens live right down the road from Stepney Cemetery, which is off of Stepney Road, as you might think, which is the road that borders Union Cemetery. So why am I telling you all this? Well, the white lady is said to haunt Stepney Cemetery in Monroe, which is the town over, and the cemeteries are only four miles apart, and Ed and Lorraine Warren are buried in that cemetery. The road that she tends to haunt near the Union Cemetery is the road you'd take to get to Stepney. So I thought that was very interesting. Hmm. So that's the story that I found about Union Cemetery. It is also on the list of like most haunted uh, cemeteries, definitely in Connecticut, but also like across the United States. So definitely want to drive by in the daytime. Um, And I think in general, we'd love to hear what you guys all think about a paranormal episode. Okay, I would also, yeah, so I'm interested what people think about a spook spook episode, (laughs) because this is obviously very different than what we've done before. Also, please DM us your own spooky ghost stories, because I love to read people's stories. Me too. I don't care if there are people out there that are like, they're all completely made up. Like I said, looking back on it, like are the leaves rustling a squirrel or Mm -hmm. was that like a piece of fuzz in my camera instead of an orb? Like, I don't care. I want to hear the story as you remembered it Mm -hmm. and experienced it. And I will believe you. (laughs) And I do want to do another episode because I would like to hear some of Colby's stories. So I feel like we're due for another one. And I almost got too deep into the research and thought about doing because we were talking about asylums and abandoned buildings. That's another fascination of mine. So I almost went deep on that. But I think that'll be another episode. Yeah, we're definitely. We're definitely going to do more spooky episodes, too, because I want to do Dudley Town, which Mm. is like a very, very haunted area of Connecticut. That is. Oh, you want to do something in Connecticut? That's weird. (laughs) I really, I really want to widen the scope of my presentations and focus on Cornwall, Connecticut. (laughs) Oh, that's the one I asked. 
asked you about the other day. Yes. Yes, I want to hear about that one. Okay. Yes, and I mean, we could do Little People's Village, which mm-hmm. is um, also very far away in Connecticut. Um, <laughs> it's as far, far away as Marina can live from. <laughs> also know about the Undercliff Sanatorium. That is also very far away in Meriden, Connecticut. So, I mean, we could really cover like a breadth of topics across a wide area mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> no, but also, seriously, we we're... Somebody asked me today if we're we if we're willing to do serial killers, and I was like, I did. Yes, one. we have. Yes, and we are very open to serial killers. So again, guys, don't forget our. So- I'm going to plug our social media yeah. if, I, if I may. Um, we would love to hear your ghost stories. We would love to hear case suggestions. Whatever you guys want to hear, we're always looking for new cases. We have a list, but again, like we love the suggestions, cases we haven't heard about. Um, you can send us that information at grimcrimepodcast at gmail Follow us on Instagram at Grim Crime Podcast for information on future episodes, and we'll post case photos, including the white lady. I'll post that super creepy picture of um, Shade Camp as well as Green Lady Cemetery, and I'll post the questionable Google Maps screenshot. Yes, that you one. You can judge that one for yourself. That's what I was talking about—the picture of yep. the white lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll post all. We'll of post them. that. <laughs> we'll post all of them. Um, and if you're enjoying listening to us, guys, please rate and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts um, on Apple Podcasts. If you want to leave leave us a little love letter, we would love that. Um, but we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. Do we have anything else? I, I loved hearing ghost stories. Thank you guys oh, for good. the research and for entertaining me yeah. and getting me all excited to go ghost hunting or ghost encountering, but by Ooh. myself, apparently. <laughs> no, I'll go with you and then never sleep ever again. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, let us know what you thought because, you know, we, we have a vacation, so we just wanted to throw in a little something different, see what mm-hmm. you like. If, if you like it, let us know. If you don't, also let us know, but really nicely and secretly and email <laughs> us and don't give us one star on Apple Podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs> we love you. Bye. Bye. Listen, learn, and stay alive. Bye.